2: In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/recommend today.
1: Michael, we have a special guest, Chris Kane, partner at Adams and Reese, an incoming GNO Inc. board chair. I guess he is the board chair now, right? Is that correct?
0: Yeah, he's he's come in. He's um he's and- it. He's the man. He's the man. And he um,
1: he uh, spent a week babysitting you at, at the D.C. Mardi Gras ball, and he's here to report on that babysitting effort.
0: He is, and I'm going to I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to let Chris introduce himself because because what, what what can be said about Chris Kane that hasn't already been said behind his back?
3: <laughs> well, fair, fair enough. I'm great. not sure who was baby go, no, 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 no. I
0: want to say one thing. Chris is a great guy, my board chair, but also probably the most proficient economic development attorney in the whole state. There you go, Chris.
3: There you go. Well, Chris. thank you, Michael. Well, thank you, Anuel. Thanks for having me. And I'm I'm super excited about uh, this upcoming year and the role that I've, I've taken on. You know, obviously you, you get to talk to Michael very regularly here on the show and know all the amazing things that are going on. And, look, we need that, in, you know, in our region. And we need we need the good news to to balance out the, the bad and reality that we've got to work on. Um, and that's exactly what we, uh, you know, spent the last week up in Washington, Mardi Gras, doing Um as you know it's look it it certainly is a a party environment right but it's an opportunity for everybody to come together and to talk about policy and initiatives and really to focus ourselves as we go into this next year on priorities and um, I think from uh, GNO Inc perspective uh, Michael having the opportunity for you to uh, to to talk about flood insurance and to testify and um, the amazing job uh, the whole team really did to, to put our best foot forward Um, We're ready to rock and roll. It it didn't hurt that our uh, our outgoing chair, which my shoes are very large to fill, um, was announced to be the secretary of LED, which obviously we're super excited about.
1: Absolutely. Chris, let me ask you, uh, top of mind issue in D.C., there's always like one, two, or three issues that everybody is talking about. I'm kind of curious where people fell out relative to homeowners insurance.
3: Yeah, you know, th- this is, um, a ma- as you know, it's a major crisis and it's something that impacts every component of our economy, whether it be workforce development, keeping workers here. Um, I actually had the opportunity to sit on the governor's transition team um, with our-, our new commissioner um, to try to address uh, the-, the homeowners insurance crisis. Um, look, it is a top priority from local officials to uh, to-, to-, to our federal partners. Um, the solutions are not easy, but they're doable, and I think that's the challenge that we have to understand because if we don't start doing things now, and what I mean now, I mean this next legislative session. We have to start working on, on creating a new legal environment that's friendly and that looks recognizable to the insurance uh, community. Uh, you mentioned in the last hour, you know, we seem to do things in Louisiana that nobody else does, we have to stop doing that, right? And and one of the priorities that came out of the um, the transition uh, team recommendation on insurance is exactly that. You know, not to bore the, the listeners with you know nuances of collateral source rule or direct action. All these little things add up, and we do them differently, and we're the only ones that do it the way we do it. So when that happens, you kind of have to start begging the question. Why, why are we doing that, and how do we manage the, the various interests at the table and, um, and improve it? So I feel like we're going to see some good legislative packages coming out. Um, there's other little things like fortified roofs um, that have worked in other states and here. Um, it's amazing, right? If you keep your roof on your house, it tends to get less wet and you have less damage. So those sorts of smart solutions... Um, or the talk, but uh, the number of those were a talk of Washington Mardi Gras and I think um, are going to be priorities coming up in the in the regular session uh, here later this spring.
1: Chris, as we look at fortified roofs and things like that, there's a, a shortage of those that are, are uh, in a position to be, I forgot what they call them, I like guess certifiers or whatever, you know, that you have to have some roofing specialists come out and certify the work in in order to be able to avail yourself of um, the reductions in insurance premium. And I'm curious whether or not we're thinking about whether or not uh, the private markets are really going to get to this fast enough for us to really have an impact here and whether or not it would not be in the short term beneficial for either citizens or somebody to do it. To fund it, do you it, know, educate folks yeah. so that we can get and start the momentum uh, on this issue right
3: now? No doubt about it. That's candidly one of the issues we, we struggled with in, in uh, talking through it in the transition team, right, was, um, number one, putting a burden on, on how these things get certified on the local governments creates a problem. At the local level, we don't want to do that. That's going to create even more red tape and and get to the result later. Um, So, an interim solution is, uh, as you, I think, stated very well, is got to be on the table. We have to have an ability to certify it, but you also have to have a labor force to be able to actually complete it. You have to have licensed um, contractors to be able to do the work. There's a multitude of steps that you have to get through in order for the, a program such as a, a affordable roof um, program to really make the big difference that we want. Now look, the difference too, you know, as, as a whole state, um, the, fort- the, the fortified roof uh, issue is much more um, critical in South Louisiana than perhaps in, in North Louisiana, right? Um, but they still are having issues and, and, and premium um, concerns in North Louisiana, too. So you have to be able to figure out uh, you know, how to differentiate the losses um, and where those certain targeted programs can really make a difference. We have our friends in Florida who have had some success doing it. There's other states and other programs that I'm confident the legislature is going to be looking at, as well as the commissioner, um, to try to, to to get us moving quicker in the right direction.
1: Yeah. Um, any other top-of-mind issue that folks were really spending a lot of time talking about up there?
3: Well, you know, we we benefited from um a, a really large announcement on uh, on the Monday leading into Washington, Ma- Washington Mardi Gras for the uh the, the Louisiana International Terminal, the, the large port terminal project, uh which I believe you probably uh reported on while we were there, but I mean receiving a 200 and I think it was 226 million dollar infra grant, which is the largest economic development grant that Louisiana has ever received. Coupling that with a 73, almost 74 million dollar DOT grant that was that was announced at the end of last year, that's 300 million dollars in federal grant money we have coming to the Port of New Orleans, and um, you you marry that with 800 million dollars in committed private investment, and I, I don't know if there was anything more buzzy or or exciting um, in terms of of just really how that can and should transform our region from an economic development standpoint. So I think that was a really big win. Um, And and there were others, but that that one stood out to me. I agree.
1: Um, Any, to both of y'all, any discussion, uh, this most recent happenstance by the uh, Biden administration on LNG? Michael, you and I have talked about this extensively for (laughs) like two years now. And, you know, yeah. we've got this huge plant in Plaquemines that is uh, near completion. You know, we had a, a bunch of exciting news coming out of the Calcasieu, Lake Charles area. And all of a sudden, a, a, a course shift.
0: That was, I'll, I'll start, then I'll head over to Chris so we can try to, like, I don't know, <laughs> not not totally say completely what's on our mind. That went down in Washington <laughs> in like a bad oyster. You know, people were digesting it. They thought it tasted funny. And the more it sat with people, the more upset they got. Um, You know, it's very clear what's going on here. This is a gimme to the far-left environmentalists um, to push anything back till after November, It's cynical, it's transparent, and most frustratingly, it actually doesn't even serve the purpose because if people can't get natural gas in places like China, they're just going to burn coal. Um, So we're trying to figure out if there's any chance of, well, one, what the actual impact will be in terms of of the pipeline of projects uh, in in Plaquemines and Calcasieu coming online. It's not going to affect us in Plaquemines. And then, two, what, if anything, can be done about it in the face of the raw politics? Um, What else, Chris?
3: No, I mean, you, you summed it up excellent. You know, the, the issue, it, it, this is, this is it, you know, shine a light on the LNG um, decision, but the issue that we deal with, I deal with the, my, my cap on at Adams and Reese doing an economic development work, is when you have these changes in course, the signal it sends to the private investment world is really, really bad. And so yeah. you, you tend to, you, you're disincentivizing um, the creation of jobs. Um, you know, if you want to create a policy, you want to create something that's pragmatic, let's do that and let's stick with it. So, you know, it, it, that's an, uh, adding to Michael's more direct answer, the, the, the concern I have is we, we see this all too often now where um, you have one group that, that pushes and pushes and, um, and and then we wind up with this policy change that really doesn't make much sense and that it has a really bad effect that, that is going to have a tailwind to it, right?
0: go ahead michael i'm sorry no it's just 30 seconds it says when we were visiting lloyds in london the head of research for lloyds worldwide said to us we're not afraid of hurricanes you know we insure all through the caribbean we're afraid of political instability and legal abuse if you clean that up in louisiana you'll be much better off
1: yeah i mean it's all about the capital markets right and we knew from the the moment in time that this was being whispered I'm like this is not good <laughs> this this creates uncertainty uneasiness and you know and and, and I think you put it well Michael it, was, it went down like a bad oyster and you know and and so th- th- there's a lot of things that people can invest their money in they they don't typically choose uncertainty right nope
0: not at all. So we'll see. We're trying to figure out what, if anything, can be done with it because clearly this was done for you know some very basic uh, political reasons, and um, you know this this is not about what's right or what's rational. It's about what's political. So we're going to have to see how we can impact it. You know, but but what, what's interesting, and I'm not
1: trying to be more critical of the Biden administration. Did they really believe that people weren't going to just like see right through this, or do they just don't care? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like. You know, pretty much everyone has seen this for what it is, right? And it it just it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, to me because they don't have the science well, on their side. Either.
0: Newell, no, no! It's a litmus test, not an intelligence test. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right
1: to it, and set, and and, and uh, sets me straight. Now I got it. <laughs> Michael Heck, as always, we'll be right back, folks. We're visiting with Chris Kane, partner at Adams and recent incoming and the board chair, excuse me, of GNO Inc. and uh, Michael Heck, president and CEO. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.